Calvary for the remissions of sin. Because, Father, we come to know without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So we thank you, God. We thank you that the blood of Jesus have saved us from sin. And now, Father, as I stand before your people, I thank you that as I open my mouth, you have already filled it. I thank you, Father God, for the words coming to your people and quickening them and bringing life unto them on today. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who live in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open your Bibles up or your iPad or your cell phone. Whatever you have brought with you that has the word of God on it. St. John, the first chapter, and I'm going to begin at verse 35. And we want to honor the word because it is God's word, right? St. John, the first chapter, beginning at verse 35. And when you get there, let us say amen. Again, the next day. After John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, what seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He said unto them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. I want to talk about today, come and see. Come and see. I tell you, God is a good God because he always know what need to be brought unto his people. And we see in this... um, verse of scripture is talking about John the Baptist. He was the forerunner for Jesus Christ. He was the one that was preparing the way for the coming of Jesus Christ. So by John preparing the way, um, God had told him how would he, how he would know that Jesus was the lamb of God. And so John knew that when he saw him, he knew who he was. And this is how it need to be for us. We need to know him. We need to develop our relationship with him. So if somebody else come in his name, we will know that that is not him. Amen. So John, he was with his um, disciples, two of his disciples. And it said, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. He said, behold, the Lamb of God. So John was able to recognize who Jesus was. And the only way he could recognize him was through the Father. So he said, behold, the Lamb of God. And when his two disciples heard, and see, this is why faith come by hearing, and hearing come by the word of God. The two disciples heard him say, behold, the Lamb of God. They knew that the Lamb of God that John was talking about was the the one that was going to take away the sins of the world. So being that they heard that, they knew that they needed a Lord and they needed a Savior. So after John had said that, after they heard it, they followed Jesus. Followed mean that they accompanied him. They became his disciples. It was two of them. They became his disciples. A disciple is a learner and a follower of Jesus Christ. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, what seek ye? What are you looking for? Now I want to stop there and look at, first we talked about follow. They wanted to follow Jesus. They wanted to learn from Jesus. They wanted to be his disciple. But Jesus turned to them. He said, what are you looking for? Jesus knew that their heart was turned towards him because they followed him. So he said, what are you looking for? Now the answer that was given was, where dwelleth thou? So I said, okay, God, Jesus is going to turn and say, what are you looking for? What are you seeking? They're going to ask him, where are you dwelling? See, these are things that you have to see in the spirit. You have to be given by revelation because you would just read this and think that Jesus asked a question and they asked, where are you dwelling? What did that have to do with what he asked? 
So this is what Jesus was saying. What are you seeking? He knew that they were seeking him. He knew that they were following him. He knew that they wanted to become his disciples. But they knew that they wanted to spend time with him to get to know him. So that's why they said, where are you dwelling? Now, let me say this. Do we want to spend time with him? Do we want to get to know him? Are we seeking him? See what they were doing. The Bible say when you seek him with your whole heart, you will find him. Some of us are seeking him, but is it with your whole heart? Or, if it's, or is there other things that's blocking you from getting the full revelation of who he is? And that's what the enemy want. He want blockers to be in your life so you cannot seek him with your whole heart. See, God wants your whole heart. He want you to realize that you need him. And when you realize that you need him, you will seek after him. And you won't be seeking the things of the world. See, we have people that are saying that they have accepted him, but they're still seeking after things of the world. You cannot love God and love the world at the same time. You cannot have two masters. Either you're going to love one or despise the other or hate the other. You cannot have have two masters. You cannot say that you have turned to God and turned away from the world, but you're still doing what the world is doing. See, the more you come in tune with him, the less you become in tune with the world. I'm going to say it again. The more you become in tune with him, the more you open your heart unto him, you don't want what you had no more. Because when you open your heart unto Jesus, you realize he's everything that you need. You realize that you have found peace. You have found love. You have found joy. You have found comfort. You have found everything that you need. This is why the those two disciples, when they heard about, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. They knew they couldn't do it. So they knew, I want to follow him. And follow him means that you have to deny yourself. What does it mean to deny yourself? In the Amplified in Luke 9, 23, it says, and he said to all, if any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests. Can we do that? Have we really disowned ourselves? Have we really lost interest in ourselves and what we want to do or how we want to do it? Have we really denied ourselves? Have we really given up self for him? See, these two disciples, they did give up self for him because they started following him. He didn't have to make them follow him. When they heard about him, when they heard the good news, when John was telling them about Jesus, they left everything to follow him. So you got to disown yourself, forget, lose sight of self and your own interests, refuse and give up himself and take up his cross daily. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Daily. Not just once a week. That being you taking up that cross daily and you following him. You cleaving steadfastly to him. Conforming wholly to his example and living and if need be and dying also. So we have to really deny ourselves to follow Jesus. Some of us are just accept, saying we accepted him because somebody else accepted him. That don't last. When you know what you're in the need of, you give up everything else. I'll put it this way. Men, when you know you're in the need of a good wife, a good woman, you're going to lose everything else. When you know he who findeth a what? Wife findeth a what? What you say? A Carlton say a good thing. A good thing. A good thing. Carlton must have a good thing. He loud all over there. I can hear him all over here. So you finding a good thing. So you're going to lose everything else. You don't need those other women no more because you got a good thing. And you know you have found a good thing. And you didn't just find that good thing overnight. Because the more you be with the father. The more you spend time with him, you ain't going to let any old thing in your life. Men, women, you're not going to let, women, you're not going to let any old thing in your life. You're not going to let a man come in your life that don't want to work. Because the Bible says if he don't work, he don't eat. 
So you ain't going to let a lazy man come in your life. That ain't a good thing. Because everything God creates is good. So when you develop your relationship with God, you're going to know what's a good thing. You're going to know what's standing before you. Because your father, your heavenly father is not going to allow you to connect with any old thing. He's going to only let you connect with what's connected with him. He's not going to have you to connect with somebody that's in the world and you're a part of the kingdom of God. Because it don't mix. Light and darkness do not mix. This is why we have to separate from the world. We have to let go of the world. We have to deny everything and pick up our cross and follow him. And that's what they were doing. They denied everything and they was following Jesus. So the first thing you got to recognize is, am I ready to give up everything for Jesus? Am I ready to give up this world for Jesus? Some of us say, yes, we are, but we truly haven't accepted him with our whole heart. So when you seek him with your whole heart, he shall be found. So it's time for the church to start seeking him with your whole heart. I'm going to say quit playing. Let's just quit playing church. And and when you really seek him, people are going to know that you're seeking him because your life has changed. You don't have to tell them that your life has changed by your actions, by the way you carry yourself, by the things that you used to do. You don't do it no more. So they know that your heart have turned from the world and your heart have turned towards God. See, light and darkness does not mix, y'all. So we got done to saying God is about light. He's not about darkness. So they gave up their life to follow him. So Jesus said, come and see. The invitation was made. They followed Jesus. Jesus said, what are you looking for? What are you seeking? They said, we want to come and see your house. We want to come and see where you're, you're staying. We want to come and spend time with you. Y'all, I'm telling you, when you spend time with him, that's the best time that you can ever spend. Because when you spending time with life, He's giving you Zoe. He's giving you life and everything around you doesn't matter when you are in the presence of the Lord. So they wanted to spend time with him. Why? Because they wanted to learn about him. So they said, where are you dwelling? Jesus said, come and see. Now he told them to come. And when we look at the word of God, that word come, look at what Matthew eleven twenty eight says. It says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavily laden and burden and overburden and I will cause you to rest I would release and relieve and refresh your souls so he said come unto me we have to come unto him he's making the invitation he want us to come unto him but how can we come unto somebody we have not heard how can we come unto somebody that we do not believe in right in order for us to believe, we have to hear. So Jesus made the invitation. He said, come. So he was inviting them to come. Then he said, come and see. See means not to just literally see him. He's saying, I want you to learn of me. I want your eyes to be open. I want you to get some illumination. I want you to get some light that's shed in your heart concerning me. So the more time you spend with him, the more you can get revelation from him. The more he's becoming revealed, he's revealing himself. He's making himself known unto you. This is why Paul is saying, in a prayer, Lord, I thank you for giving me the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you. I thank you that the eyes of their understanding, the eyes of their heart is being enlightened, that they will know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your right hand and heavenly places see the eyes of your heart have to be open there have to be some illumination there have to be some revelation coming from the word the word need to be revealed and the only way it can be revealed if you are spending time with the word 
God want us God wants to spend time with us but the question is do you want to spend time with him and how much time are you willing to spend with him come on you may start off with five minutes and that five minutes end up being two and three hours why because God knew your heart within those five minutes God knew that you were willing to give him five minutes of your time God looks at the heart so he want us to seek him with our whole heart see the problem problem is we can praise him with our lips but our mouth our heart can be far from him so God knows your heart when you come to God he knows whether or not you're seeking him for real y'all so when you go to him you begin to sit before him and spend time I'll give you in Luke 10 y'all remember we talked about Martha and Mary Martha opened her home unto Jesus what was she saying she was giving him an invitation to come to her home she invited him to come when Jesus came in he sat down and Mary sat down beside him what was Mary doing Mary wanted to learn from Jesus Mary wanted to get some enlightenment. She wanted to get to know him. But see, Martha was so busy in serving. Sometimes we get so busy in other things in serving, we put those things before we put him. How many know that we can do nothing without him? This is why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. And all of these things shall be added unto you. First things first. We got to seek the kingdom first. When you seek the kingdom first, everything in your life is going to line up the way God will have it to be. So Mary was seeking him. She was seeking the kingdom. And Martha got upset because she was seeing Mary sitting before the word. How many people get upset when they see you at peace, when they see you in the word? See, the enemy gets mad when he see you sitting before the word, when he see you taking in the word. Why? Because he know you're going to receive life. He don't want you to receive life. He wants you to receive death. So as soon as you open the word, as soon as you get ready to spend time, somebody is called in your name have you heard your name called so many times sister Deborah like never before they're calling your name because you're sitting before the word of life and the enemy said if they get into the word of life and the word of life get into them it's going to take them away from what I would have for them to do So he stirs up all kinds of trouble. And that's how it was with Martha. Martha thought she was doing a good thing. Yes, she was doing a good thing by inviting him in his house. But Jesus said, the only thing I want to do, I want to spend some time with you. I want you to get to know me, Martha. So she said, why don't you tell Mary to come and help me? And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, come on, he called her name twice. You are troubled, not about one thing, but about many things. How many of us are so troubled about many things that we can't even sit at the feet of Jesus? Because everything that's going on in our lives has troubled us to the point of we can't even get into the word of God to know what God is saying. Come on, been there, done that. Have you ever been so worried? Have you ever been so bogged down that seemed like the word is the farthest thing from your mind because you let everything else come in and consume you. You let everything come in and agitate you. You let everything else come in and trouble you. So you wasn't finding a place for the word of God. You was finding a place for trouble disappointment you was finding a place for you know doing worldly things or going out shopping but you never found a place for the word of God because you said I'm too busy I work eight hours a day I come home and I do this and do that but have you forgot without him you could do nothing so he should been before everything He should been first and foremost in your life because he said, if you seek me early, you will find me. That's a promise from the word of God. So I just don't sit down and try to think up something or conjure up something. I say, here I am, God. I'm here to seek you. I'm here to know what you would have me to do in this day, God. Show up and show out. God, I want to put you before I put anything. All of that can wait. Even the dishes in the sink, if I didn't wash them last night, I ain't washing them now. They can wait because I need to hear from you today, God. 
I need to turn off everything and hear for you because I don't know what's coming out against me. I don't know what's going to come up next. But God, you know all things. You're the beginning, you're the end, you're the first and the last. You all knowing. So I'm turning off everything, God. Before I even clock in, God, I'm going to clock in with you. God, what are you saying? Speak to my heart. God, I want to hear your heart today because it's not about me. I want to sit here and be still and know that you're God because there's trouble all around, God. And I need to know what you want me to do in the time of trouble. You said you are present help in the time of trouble. Not only for me, God, but for your people. I'm not coming just for me, God. God, I'm coming for the nation. I'm coming for your people. I need to hear your voice, God, and no other voice I want to hear or I want to follow. God, I know that you're here because you said you'll never, ever leave me, nor shall you forsake me. You'll be with me even until the end. You're right here, right now. So, God, I need a move from you, God. I need to hear from you, God. I'm not moving until I hear from you, God. Because it's not about me. I'm denying everything, God. And I'm putting you first. And I'm putting you foremost. Because, God, without you, I can do nothing. God, I don't want to just merely read. God, I want to be able to meditate on what I have read. God, I want the scriptures to begin to speak to me. God, I want to begin to search out the land, God. I want to begin to know, God, what you're saying. Enlighten me according to your word. Not on what I think, God, but I want to know what you're saying to me, God. Let the word illuminate. Let the word become light. That it penetrate my very being. And it come out of my mouth like a two-edged sword. It come out of my mouth like a fire that devours everything going on around me. And Father, it's like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. Quicken me today according to your word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. The interest of your word gives me light and gives me understanding. God, I want more of your word and less of me. God. God, I want to be a living epistle. God, unto you today, God. I want your glory to be revealed. Not me, God, but you to be revealed. God, I need you more than I need anything. Come on, and God, know if your heart is right before him. Because if your heart is right before him, God is going to enlighten you. God is going to give you everything you need. Come on, let's just don't go before him with something that's happening in our lives. Because God is knowing I'm being used right now. Come on, you don't come before me before tragedy come. You don't come before me before the funds get low or your body is going through. Come on, I want you to be before me every day. Not just when something is happening in your life. I want to be there when you're up. I want to be there when you're down. I want to be there at all times. I just don't want to be used and abused and and saying, God, do this or God, do that when you want me to do it. But I want you to know that I am who I say that I am. And that takes spending time with him. So Andrew made up his mind that he wanted to follow Jesus. And he asked him. Where, where are you staying? Because he wanted to sit with him for a while. And they spent the whole day. They spent the whole time with him. Just talking with him. Now let me tell you what happens. I don't know about you. When you spend time with somebody and you pouring out your heart unto that person. And the only reason why you pour out that your heart is because you trust them. Right? But some of us pour out our heart too quick and fast. Some of us think we found the right man or the right woman and we tell all. Tell how we robbed somebody. Tell how we did this when we were younger. Lied to our parents. Tell all, everything. Then you find out that wasn't the one. Then all your business is everywhere. Because you thought you were in the right relationship. The only right relationship is with God himself. He's one that don't tell nothing. Because he know all about you even before you were known. Why am I saying this? Quit telling your business. 
to in and everybody because you think you're going to have a relationship. And as soon as that person lets you down, now you're fussing about you thought that they were this when they weren't that. See, you ain't been seeking him long enough. Because if you seek him long enough, you'll tell him everything and you tell people nothing. Because you done told him and you don't need to tell nobody. So by this disciple, Andrew, spending time with him, it was two of them. And I believe the other one was John, Andrew and John. But by him spending time with him, guess what he did? When he got to know him, when he accepted the invitation that was given to him from Jesus and he learned about him and Jesus was revealed to him, guess what? He couldn't keep it to himself. Let me just stop right there. When you spend time with him, you just can't keep it to yourself. You got to tell somebody about Jesus and what he done for you and how he done it. Look what Andrew done. When he told him to come and see, they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. Now listen at this. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Now look at this now. Andrew spent time with Jesus about the whole day. He first findeth his own brother Simon and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Look what, what happened. Andrew spent time with Jesus. He accepted the invitation. I'll say that he was born again. Then by his relationship with Jesus and what he experienced with Jesus, he offered the invitation to someone else. But he had to tell them what he got from him in order to bring it to his brother. See, he said that when he saved you, he would save your whole house. How can your whole house be saved if you never talk about him? If you never be about him? If you never tell the, the household how good he is and show how good he is in your actions and your way of doing things. See, Andrew had an experience with Jesus and he wanted to share it with his brother. How many of us have had an experience with Jesus and we want to share it with the loved one because we don't want them to die in their sins? Meaning that, behold, the Lamb of God who take away the sins of the whole world. He took away my sin and he took away yours. Let me tell you about this man that I met let me tell you about this man that I'm following for God so loved the world how can we sit around people and don't talk about him how can we go in restaurants and don't share him how can we do it y'all because our mind is too much on worldly things instead of being about the kingdom our mind is too much on serve me like Martha. Where's my tea? Where's my food? Instead of saying, Lord, is somebody in this restaurant that needs you today? I can set aside my plate. Just show me, God, who do you want me to talk to in this restaurant? God just don't send us in restaurants to eat all the time. Sometimes, I'm going to say all the time, is somebody in there that's crying out and God is hearing their heart. And he's sharing their heart with you. And he's only letting you know to tell them God loves you outside of you. God saw you last night. He saw your bed pillow wet in tears. He saw how you just crying out because you know you can't do it by yourself no more. See, that's the gifts of the spirit in operations. That's the word of knowledge because God is revealing to you something that happened in somebody's life presently. And the job that you own, God said, this is not the job that you should been on because he sent you somewhere else and you didn't take that one. So now you got their attention. So they began to just cry because they knew I didn't tell you this. The only one I told this was God in my bed when my pillowcase was wet with tears when I couldn't rest last night. It had to be him that showed you this. Well, let me tell you about how much he loved you. 
how much he laid down his life for you. He who knew no sin became sin for you so you can become the righteousness of God through him. He fulfilled the law because you couldn't fulfill it. I couldn't fulfill it. But the penalty had to be paid because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. He fulfilled the law and he paid the debt in full. He paid the price for redemption. That's because he loved you outside of you. He proved his love even while yet you were a sinner. He died for you. That's how much he loved you. Come on, Peter. Andrew wanted his brother to know about the Messiah. How many of us want our family to really know? Some of us don't even want to approach our family. And the reason why, because we said they don't want to hear what I have to say, but you don't know what's next for that family member. You don't know what's going to happen in their life. Those that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. It don't matter if they don't want to hear you or not. You deliver the message and it's up to them to choose life or to choose death. But the blood is off of your hand because you said come and see. See they got to see him in you. You giving them the invitation and you know why the invitation is, is accepted from you because they saw your life change. They saw you don't talk the same way. You don't act the same way. Everything about you have changes. Something about you. I can't put my hand on it, but when you come in a room, the whole atmosphere changed. That's because of him. So people need to see whom you have received. They need to see the fruit of the spirit. They need to see the gifts of the spirit. We need to be representing and presenting him. So look what happened. There was Peter. So Peter was the one that was following him next. But look what happened after that. Then Jesus, 43, the day following, Jesus would go forth in Galilee and find Philip and said unto him, follow me. See, he was making Philip, what, a disciple. A learner of Christ. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now look how each one of them was going to somebody. Oh my goodness. They were going to somebody else. Philip findeth Nathanael. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, oh my goodness, come and see. See, people need to see who he is in you. When you're given that invitation, come and see. You should be representing him. Christ in you, the hope of glory. People need to see Christ and not see you. Remember, when you're following him, it ain't about you no more. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who live in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. It's not about me no more. I'm dead. I have become alive in Christ. You're supposed to be showing your new life. That's in who? That's in Christ. So it's time for invitations to go out. And it starts with the church. You don't come into the house of the Lord. You don't come in here and get this word and just sit on it. You come in here to make disciples. You come in here to make followers of Jesus Christ. Because once you have learned about him, once you have got set up with everything you need to go out and disciple, you disciple in others. The problem is too many people want to be part of a fivefold. You got to be a disciple first. We have to make disciples of nations first. Too many people want titles but don't want to be a disciple. You got to be discipled so you can go out and make disciples of the nation. So look what happened. We see how everybody went out and they presented Christ to other people. This is what we supposed to be doing. But then God showed me this. And I know y'all remember this. When we go to John, the fourth chapter, this is the woman at the well. 
And she spent time with who? She spent time with who? Jesus. Jesus let the disciples go off. He was hungry. And he was ministering to that lady at the well. And as he ministered to her, he told her about her five husbands. Not the, you know, he revealed to her so she knew that he was a prophet. But this is what this lady did in John 4, 39 through 42. Listen at this. Well, John 4, 28 through 30. Now, when you spend time with Jesus, when you have an experience with Jesus, you're going to share it with somebody. You're going to tell them what you have experienced. So she said in verse 28, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, she couldn't keep it to herself. Come on, when you spend time with Jesus, you can't keep it to yourself. You begin to open your mouth and you begin to tell everybody what you and your Savior, what you and your Redeemer, what you and your healer, whatever he has done for you, you want to share it with somebody. You want to talk about him at all times. So she said, come see, look at this, come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Look what she did. She went and talked about Jesus. She said, I need for you to come and see a man. So this is what happened in John 4, 39 through 42. Many of the Samaritans in that town believed in Jesus because of what the woman said. The word of the woman who testified. So they believed on him because of the word of who? The woman Now, some people may believe on him through your word, but this is the test right here. It's good to believe on him through somebody else, but it's better to believe on him when you spend time with him for yourself. Because you having a personal experience and relationship with him that nobody else could have given you. So this is what happened. It said, he told me everything I ever did. And when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they begged, urged, asked him to stay with them. So he stayed with them two more days. Look at that. So the testimony that she had, had to enlighten them so much that they realized, I need him. I want what you got from him. So he spent two days with them and many more believed because of the things he said, his word. So when you spend time with him, you don't have to go on nobody else because you spent time with him for yourself and God began to show up and show out on your behalf. And that's what he want. He want that personal relationship with you outside of someone else. They bring you to him. But he said, I want you to spend time with me for yourself. See, some people feed off of everybody else. And they keep feeding off of people to feel good. But once that die out, I remember when... I had first gotten saved, got born again. I was chasing a word. I just want, it was just easier to go to somebody and let them give it to you instead of you getting in it. So I was chasing the word down everywhere they said prophet. I went, took my little boy with me. We was just everywhere. But I remember God told me this through this lady. She said, God said, he's not going to send anyone else to you. You got to get it for yourself. I said, the devil is a lie. God don't do nobody like that. He know I need some help and I ain't got time to be sitting here all day trying to hear from God. That lady is telling a lie. That's what I'm thinking. But no, she was telling the truth. So once I made up my mind and say, God, if I don't get it from you, then God, I don't want it from nowhere else. And when I sat before God, And got to know him for real, y'all. Have you really got to know him for real? When I got to know him for real, that's when my husband began to see change. Now, see, before I was telling my husband, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. You got to do this. You got to do that. But when I sat down and got to know him for myself for real, it didn't matter what he did or what he didn't do. I knew what I needed. 
So the more time I spent in the word, I didn't know my husband was watching me because I would go to him day after day. You need to be saved. You need to quit doing this and you need to quit doing that. So I was watching him so much that I wasn't in the place I needed to be with God. But when God told me to leave him to himself and let the life that I live speak for who I am in him, when I left him to himself, he came to me one day. He said, what must I do to be saved? I said, huh? I did, I forgot how to minister to him because I was so much into me, into what I needed first. But then when he accepted Jesus, he saw what he done in my life. He saw the change in my life. I didn't want to follow him no more. I want to, I'm tell you the truth. I followed him to the racetrack everywhere he went. I was on his heels. But when I got to develop my relationship with Jesus, go to whatever racetrack you want to go, stay as long as you want to stay, just leave me to myself. So when he saw I wasn't following him and I began to follow Christ, he knew change have taken place. Because I wasn't making him my God. I knew who my God was. See, that's when you know your heart have turned towards God. Because you're not worrying about what somebody else is doing. You say, God, here I am. I need to get in a place with you so I can minister and show you to others. I didn't even know I was showing forth God to my husband. Only thing I know is I want to be with him. Every chance I get, I just want to be with him because I was tasting and seeing how good God is. And I didn't want to let that go. I didn't want to let it go for anybody or anything. So when you really get in a place with God, come on, people will see that place. You don't have to tell them how saved you are. You don't have to pull out your Bible every time somebody come to your house to make them think you're reading and you're doing what you're supposed to do. you just living your life before him and people know a change have taken place. So I quit following my husband and I began to follow Christ for real. So I'm going to ask you, who are you following? Who are you believing? What are you standing on? Because if you're following your husband or you're following your wife, when they let you down, you won't be able to take it. But when you're truly following Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, whatever happens in your marriage, guess what? You're going to be hurt, but you got a comforter. You got one that's going to comfort you. You got one that's going to console you. You got one that's going to show you how to love them outside of how you feel. You got one that's going to say outside of your hurts, I want you to love them. Come on, y'all. It's a time in our lives and in our marriage. We don't want to love a person who's cutting the fold. We don't want to love somebody who's not giving us the love. But that's what Christ did. We love him because he first loved us. So when you can love a person outside of how they treat you, they know you've been with him. And they can say, come and see. Because they're not seeing you no more. They're seeing who? Him. God wants his glory to be revealed through you. And the only way his glory can be revealed through you is, is spending time with him and getting to know who he is for yourself. The person you talk about the most is your God. That's the one that you focus on the most. But when you begin to focus on him, that's when you really become a follower of Jesus Christ and a learner. Because everything you do ain't based on you no more. It's based upon him. And then there was another invitation that was sent out. Go to Luke 14. Verse 16 through 24. Then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bed many and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden come for all things are now ready. So these people that he has sent the invitation to was the ones that had already accepted that invitation. These are born again people are supposed to be born again people you know how somebody will send you an invitation to a wedding and they tell you to accept or deny or to a birthday or whatever it may be reception whatever it may be you have to accept that invitation that means that you're saying i'm committed to come to this event right 
You made a commitment to be there. So they put you down as a guest at that banquet. So these people had made a profession or confession that they were born again, that they had accepted Jesus. So they were telling them, okay, now it's ready. I need for you to come. Now, there were several excuses when they went to these people. They began to make excuses. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. How many people use your business? And we put it before we put him. See, they said that they had accepted him with their whole heart. But when it was time for it to come to him, they wouldn't come because of the things that they put before him. Then it was one who bought some land. Then it was one who just got married. All of these things were put before him. So this is what he did. He knew that their heart was far from him. He knew that they made a confession with their mouth, with their lips, but their heart was far from him. We got a lot of people that say that they have accepted him, but they're still doing things outside of him. When you truly accept him, he's before all things. You don't put anything or anybody before him. He's number one in your life. That means that your whole heart has been turned over to him. So what am I saying today? We have to be the ones to give the invitation. We have to be the ones to say, come and see. And you just cannot go out with your heart not being before him. So God is saying, who have you invited? Who have you given an invitation to? Whom have you been around that people say, I want what you have. I've been watching you. I've been seeing how you've been carrying yourself. How can I get to the place of where you are? That's when you're taking them through the word of God and you're sharing with them what was shared with you. It's time, church. The world is dying and don't even realize that they're dying. We got people walking around dead that have not literally left this earth. Because without him, we are dead. There is no life in us. He took me back to Genesis. And I'm going to share this with you and I'm going to close. He took me back to Genesis when God had set everything the way he wanted it to be. God had put everything the way he wanted it to be. And that's when he put man in the garden because it was already set up, right? First, he created us in his image. He created us in his image and his likeness. We had his characteristics. So we had his spirit on the, you know, we were spirit beings. He gave us dominion. He gave us rights to the earth. He told us to rule. He told us to subdue. He gave us that authority. But then what God had to do, being that we were spirit beings, what he had to do, he had to create a body. He created a body from what? The dust from the earth. He had to blow what? His breath, his spirit into that body for that body to become a living soul. So what God was doing at that time, he was bringing his kingdom down here to the earth. God wanted his kingdom to be here on earth. So I want to tell you something. People are so quick saying, I want to get to heaven, but I'm here to tell you you coming back to a new heaven and a new earth you're only going to be up there in heaven doing the tribulation but once that tribulation is over it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth this is the way God intended for it to be this is why when he created man see man was a spiritual being see but he needed man to take care of what he put here on earth so he had to create man with the body how did he create the body from the earth but he had to put his spirit inside that body for that man to be a living soul so after he had set up things the way he needed it to be everything was perfect Everything was good. It was very good. They had food to eat. They didn't worry about being naked. They were naked and they were not ashamed. Why? Because everything God created was good. There was no evil. There was no sickness. They just had everything. They were in paradise, y'all. But if you notice in Genesis chapter 2, when God set up the tree of life and he set up the tree of knowledge of good and evil, did you not know that evil was present already in the garden? It was. Evil was already in that garden amongst them. 
God gave them a choice. God said, you can continually eat from this tree of life and live forever. You will never die. Or you can eat from this tree of death. That's what that knowledge of good and evil was, a tree of death. So life and death was already in that garden. But God said, do not eat from this tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because it's going to bring you death. He had to give them a choice of life or death. It was right there before them. But he wanted them to choose life and live forever. Guess what? The enemy knew this. So the enemy got them to choose what? Death. So God had to take them out of paradise. Why? He said, I got to remove you out of this garden because if you eat from this tree of life, you're going to live in a death, live in death forever. And that's not the way I created it to be. So what am I saying to you? God give us a right to choose. He give us the right to choose life or he give us the right to choose death. You do not take away people's choices because God didn't. That's not the way God set it up. He had life and death in that garden. You don't take away people's choice. You give them the right to choose. That's out of the character of God. God gave us the right to choose. So we have to follow his way of doing and his way of of being and we know what happened the enemy he's gonna always come and try to make us choose death because that's what he's about this is why the more time you spend with him you're gonna represent life and you're not gonna represent death so i want to ask you saints set apart ones who are you representing who is people coming to see so we have to make sure that we're in alignment with him And with his word. And what they'll see all the time is him. And not you. Amen. So let's give out invitations. We need to be taught first. Jesus had to teach them. Before they can go. And tell other people to come and see. Because once you are taught. Then you can teach others. Amen. So you don't have to be a teacher. To teach somebody something. Only thing you got to do is get into the word of God and the Holy Spirit will teach you everything that need to be taught. And when you open your mouth, he will fill it. Quit waiting on other people to do what you're supposed to be doing. Those disciples were equipped to make disciples of nations. So before you tell people to come and see, let's make sure that you're living a life that's pleasing in his sight because that's where confusion come in at your life has changed amen so we give god glory for the making of disciples and here at miracle temple on tuesday nights that's what we're doing we're making disciples of the nation so you can go out so people can come and they can see him and not see you it is so important that you get taught the things of God so you know how to carry out what God would have you to carry out. We are kingdom citizens, y'all. It's time for us to let go of the world and grab hold to the kingdom of God. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Do we have any visitors?